words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for burning hearts. Thank you for strong decisions that make us turn back to you. We yield ourselves to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's play the video. One of the reasons why we don't know Christ is because we have a way in which we expect Christ to be like. We have problems which we expect Christ to fix. We have situations which we expect God to deliver us from. And if Christ doesn't solve those problems, it looks like where is Christ? Everyone feels like they know this Messiah. But where is he? What is God doing about the problems we have? What is God doing about where we're sitting, the issues that we have, our money problems? The ones who are single, their singleness problems. The ones who are expecting fruit of the womb, their fruit of the womb problem. It's like the things that in our lives are not yet okay. Is the things we expect God to respond to the most. But then this God seemed to have another agenda. Different from what we are expecting to see. For the Jews, the number one thing for them was the end of Roman oppression. So when they sat and thought about the Messiah, the Messiah is someone who will break the back of the Romans. So they wanted to make Jesus Christ a Jewish Messiah who will fight the Romans and drive them out so they can have liberty. Truly, if Christ is Christ, why don't you just drive the Romans? What does it cost you? to end bad government in Nigeria? What does it cost God to just end poverty in the world? What does it cost God to stop disease, let everyone stop being sick? What does it cost God to be, to be able to end the scourge of the problems that we have? This is actually the reason why many of us can't see God. A God who has another agenda is a God we don't understand because his plans seem to be different from the plan we want. We want to marry, want to have money, want to live life, want to look good like everybody else, want to have every person we seek around us healed, want to choose the day that we want the people in our world to die. We don't want them to just die on us. We don't want our mothers, our aged fathers, we don't want to lose them. We want God to give them more years. And if God is not doing this thing, he looks like a weak God. But God said, Jesus said, there's a bigger problem that all men have. The bigger problem that Jesus came to solve was the sin problem. That the earth remains broken. That men remain bound. That women remain incarcerated. That broken people remain broken. And that God came, first of all, to open blind eyes and for us to be his agents to open the eyes of others. So God is busy negotiating with us. Will you work for me? 
Will you be my person? And we are busy negotiating with God. Will you heal me? Will you give me money? There is this negotiation at work where God is trying to make us to do something and we are trying to make God to do something else. And these things are at odds. And because they are at odds, even if God were moving in the realm of what he wants to do, we can't see it because we want a God. So if tonight's church was not about knowing Christ, it wasn't about testimony, imagine if tonight was breakthrough night. Imagine if tonight was miracle night. Jesus sharp, sharp will hear you. Imagine if this meeting tonight was a meeting of the miracle of God and I brought a popular person where everybody knows, makes everybody to fall under the anointing. I brought a popular prophet who will prophesy on everyone. There'll be no seats here. There'll be no seats here. But guess what? Jesus is not known in those meetings. Jesus is not known in the miraculous meetings. Jesus is known in the drudgery of your personal prayer life in your room. Jesus is known in the place where nobody is expecting you to do anything, but you go ahead and do it. That's when Jesus becomes revealed to you. The person who must know Jesus Christ must leave the public meeting and go to a private place where Jesus is taught in there you will meet the real Jesus who came to save the world. And because of this discovery, I lost interest in many kinds of meetings. If I go to those meetings, I don't play to the gallery. If I get invited at all, which I hardly get do, I don't play to the gallery. I lay it straight. Sometimes some people invited me to come and preach a message, pursue, overtake, and recover all. By that, it means that everything that you are lost, you're going to pursue it, you're going to overtake, you're going to recover it, recover all, recover all. Zek, take back your possession. And one person was preaching one time, he said, you know, you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Salvation means having a lot of money. So you work out your having a lot of money with fear and trembling. And then he was preaching, walk it out, walk it out. That's not what that scripture means. That's an abuse of the scripture. So they gave me that topic, pursue, overtake, and recover all. And when I arrived there, the Holy Spirit told me, you're not going to preach on that. And this is going to be the last time you're going to preach in this church. And I made peace with it. So as I arrived there, I said to them, I know you guys know I have a topic called pursue, overtake, and recover all. But what the Holy Spirit is telling me is up in the air. You're not going to pursue nothing. You're not going to recover nothing. You're not going to overtake nobody. God is throwing everything up in the air. God is bringing disintegration. God is scattering everything. And I can tell you, I haven't preached in that church since. Because what blinds us from not knowing God is bread and butter. And so long as we seek a God after our own image who solves our problems, we can't see him. We can't hear him. So Jesus came to his own. The scripture we read in John and they did not receive him. They could not identify him. Jesus walked among them. They could not receive from him because they were expecting a Jewish Messiah. 
May it not be our turn today that everything, everything we're longing for from God is actually about what God will do for us. It's actually about who, what God will give to us. It's actually about how God will make us popular. It's actually about how God will take us to, to one territory. It's actually about this. Like these things will come. Like I can go to any country I want to go into the world today. I just need to make two or three phone calls and beg some people very well. They'll buy the ticket for me and I will go. Do you understand? I can go anywhere today. But that's not the problem. Do you understand? That's not my ambition anymore. I live for something higher. And in the lives of people, the yokes of the devil will be broken. I live for something bigger than what will be benefit to me or whether I will wear one particular kind of shirt or wear one particular kind of trouser. That's of no more interest to me. I live for a higher purpose today to know the Lord, to understand his heart, to see his burning heart for people. And when you preach like this, it's not what is palatable anymore because no one has the rigor. Everyone is choosing a Christianity light, choosing a way of thinking, choosing a way of adulterated messages, choosing success, principles, teaching how to be bigger and better than everybody else. That's actually what is selling. So people create success matrix, how you can use God to succeed. As if success is what is humanity's main problem. Humanity's main problem is that they can't see God. He said, they are locked out. He said, our children cannot experience God. Our children cannot open the door into the spiritual place. It's like our women cannot see God. They are all tied in. What are the men doing? The men are not loving the women. You hear all these arguments on social media every day. Oh, uh, wives are not caring for husbands anymore. Today's wives are very selfish and materialistic. Men trying to make women to do more. And you also hear the women talking about men. Where is chivalry today? And then the pastor who is teaching about marriage is busy teaching these things. Chivalry, how to get a woman, how to be a man who cares more, how to do all of these things. And the women are asking for men to be more caring. Men are asking for women to be more caring. Everybody's fighting about how to get advantage over the other. And in the end, guess what it is? It's actually just selfishness. Everybody's selfish. Everybody's pursuing what will benefit them. Everybody's pursuing in the marriage what will be of their own advantage. So in the end, guess what we're chasing? We're not chasing that thing which comes from God. We're not chasing that knowledge which comes from God. We're chasing our own personal goals. Is this the will of God? No. God wants to break the back of sin. God wants to break the back of carnality. God wants to break the yoke of oppression. God wants to open our eyes so we can receive the Messiah. God wants you to open, you know, God wants, and Jesus Christ began to speak to these two men on the road to Emmaus and he began to say to them, so the scripture where this video was taken from was Luke chapter 28, Luke chapter 24, starting from 24, 28. He opened, as he approached the village where they were, headed, he seemed to be going further but they pleaded with him, say stay with us for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. While he was reclining at the table with them, he took bread, spoke a blessing and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus Christ and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us 
as we spoke with us on the road and opened scriptures to us. And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. They were fa- they, there they found the eleven and those with them gathered to them together and saying, the Lord indeed has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what has happened on the road and how they recognized Jesus in the breaking of bread. In the moment when you get into the place of breaking bread, your eyes will be open. What opens your eyes is the broken bread. What does the bread represent? His body. His body. That connection to his body brings revelation. That the bread represents the word of God. Those who receive the word of God, who have insight into what the word of God says, begin to understand him. Revelation flows from the bread. You know, whenever you hear the teachings of Jesus Christ, your heart should burn. Like Jesus Christ took them to scripture. He made known to them. But it wasn't until bread was broken that their eyes were open. In the season of this of anticipation, we are all waiting for our problems to, to, be, to be solved. We're waiting for our enemies to see. You know, some people have attacked you very viciously and done bad things to you, stolen your money, run away with things, hurt you viciously. And you think that these people are your enemies and God should punish them. So some of us are even praying over some bad people in our lives that God should destroy them, God should punish them, God should kill them, you know. And then some churches even teach us that, ah, you are the Lord anointed if anybody touch your thing eh fire them thunder ah they don't know that they've touched the Lord's anointed and we spend all our time praying for people to be hurt because they've come across us ah you cannot touch the Lord's anointed and get away with it and Jesus said to James and John you don't know what spirit you have you don't know what spirit you have you don't know what spirit you have guess what what you need is a revelation of Christ. Say the revelation of Christ. Some of us don't feel like we're holy enough. We don't feel like we we can understand holy things enough. And guess what? All you need to do is just to say, I'm available. The God will teach you. God will teach you. He will hold your hands. He will reveal himself to you. Say, Amen. Some of us don't feel like we are strong enough to pursue God all the way to the end. No, you don't need to be strong. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Say amen. All you need to do is don't forget your connection to the body. I wonder how many of you survive without connection to the body of Christ. In that connection is life. Oh, sinamosika bashekatusa. Jesus sat in with these two people and explained to them from the scripture what the Messiah was supposed to do. The Messiah is coming to give you life. The Messiah is coming to bring you joy. The Messiah is coming to bring you true liberty. The Messiah is coming to open eyes. So, in John chapter 6, verse 47, John 6, 47, it says, Truly, I tell you, He who believes has eternal life. Verse 48. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. 
This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that anyone who eats of it shall not die. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. It means that you can have all the money in the world and you still die. It means that you can have every material thing and success in the world and you still die. It means that you can get any highest level of achievement in the world and you still die. But this is the bread. This is the participation. This is the thing that brings life. This is the thing that assures us of connection to the eternity of God. That God wants us connected beyond this level. That God wants us connected beyond this here and now. That God wants us connected beyond the level where we've ever lived. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. That a man may eat of it and not die. He says, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And this bread which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. At this time, the Jews began to argue among themselves and say, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Verse 53. So Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, you have no life in you. Ah, Jesus said to them, you've got to eat my flesh. If you don't eat me, you have no life. What does that mean? It means if you don't take what I'm about and wear it, you have no life. On your own agenda, there's no life. On your own needs, there's no life. On your own desires that you're bringing to me does not have life. But what I give to you brings life to you. What I offer you is better than what you offer yourself or what you think you need. I was preaching at a funeral two days ago. A young person, very young, just passed away suddenly. No sickness, no nothing. Just went to do a procedure and passed away. And the whole family was grieving. Everybody was just in too much sorrow. And the Holy Spirit began to come upon me to tell people that, see, this pushing, I must have this. I must be here. I must go here. I must be at a level. And people are telling you, you're not successful if you haven't done this. You haven't climbed this level. You're not successful. Running helter-skelter to be, to have, to be better than other people. These things have drained us. There's no life in it. There's no life there. Guess where life is? In eating the flesh of the Son of Man. The Jews were so angry and said, this guy is going to make us cannibals. That this man wants, this boy wants, is it not Carpenter's son? Wants to make us cannibals. They were so offended in him. And Jesus did not reduce the volume. He increased the volume. He said, truly, truly I tell you, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. There is something that bubbles in everyone who is connected to God. There is something that makes you to be raised up, raised up able on the last days. That's not an English word, right? Resurrectable. There is something that makes you to be able to come alive. 
There's something that makes you to be able to be quickened. And everything around us is making us to be able to sell off that most important thing. The music of today, the party circuit of today, the enjoyment of today is all geared to take us out of that thing so that we can we can just be salacious. Just be dancing to rubbish. Just be repeating total rubbish. There are a few people that I pick on a lot. I'm sure you guys know the particular person I pick on the most among all of the musicians. How can somebody say, last, last, everybody will chop breakfast. And then the solution will be Shio and Igbo. Like, all of you guys, you're going to end up being broken-hearted. And last, last, you result to hemp. That's what the song, and people are dancing, Shio. Like, are you mad? You are declaring over yourself, I'm going to be broken-hearted, and I'm going to end up with hemp. Like, and then people are saying, oh, rocking the district, they're rocking the the district, I'm calling it dirty December, it's absolutely dirty in December. We want it. In fact, many of us are crying, are crying because we don't have new bath to show up in the district. We are crying because our car that we used to drive to the district is Jalopi. And everybody's looking at us like people are coming with new and then we're, we're ex, ex, extrapolating this on God like God. It won't be bad for me to be the one who show up with a Rolls Royce and retinue and long dress. You know today is actually about showing up. Showing up. Masses showing up. The babe in the room showing up. The gentleman with the toe. Showing up to make party happen. You are the main guy. These are the things we live for. These are the things we are begging God to give us that we will call him prominence among men. <laughs> we are just like the Jews who are expecting Jesus to kick the Romans. And Jesus said, you have a bigger problem than the Romans. You have a bigger problem than the Romans. Something else has your heart. Something else has your attention. Something else has your resolve. Something else has your desires. And it's not me. The problem is not money. The problem is not about you getting richer. The problem is not about you having all the things in the world. You can have all these things. And in the end, what will happen? You still be hungry. You still be hungry because these things do not satisfy. Jesus said, let me give you the bread. When a man eats it, he will not be hungry again. Some of us are saying, oh no, please, Pastor Mo, let me have it first. Let me have it first. You are saying you can go anywhere. Me, I can't yet. Let me have it first. Let me have that international access. Then I can decide to worship God. It doesn't satisfy. Solomon was, I preached two Sundays ago about Solomon who said, let me save you the trip. I've gone there. Where you're trying to go, I've gone there. There's nothing there. It's vexation of spirit. It's the wild wind. It's chasing after something. You're trying to be the most intelligent. Immediately you got that most intelligent. Somebody else will come next month 
and get more intelligent. You are trying to buy iPhone 14. The moment you buy it, you just hear an announcement, iPhone 15 is coming. And iPhone 15, you don't need keypad. You just need to touch the air and then it will... The moment that new thing is entering your hand, new one is coming. <laughs> it doesn't satisfy. Tell someone, it doesn't satisfy. And they looked for Jesus Christ. They sat with him and they did not know that something was happening to them. Their hearts were burning. Their hearts were burning. When you hear a message like this, it causes your heart to burn. Something inside of you know this is the truth. That nothing in this world will satisfy you. That nothing in this world will satisfy you. That nothing you have will be enough to cover up for this. In rounding up, what you need is the power of incarnation. Incarnation, say incarnation. Incarnation is for you to give birth. See, like you're married now. This is the newest married man in, in town. You and Amaka will come together. And when you come together and make love, something will happen. Baby will be formed. That baby will carry your image. That's incarnation. Say incarnation. Incarnation. You give birth. God will give birth to his nature on the inside of us. As we eat this bread, something will be born in us. It will be the very nature of God. Say amen. You will have the power of incarnation. You will become, you will become what God wants you to be. But you cannot become that thing if you hate it so much. You cannot be incarnated into what you hate. Do you know how the devil is making us feel like church life is boring, world life is sweet, gospel music is boring, Shayo is sweet. Do you guys understand? So we live in a place where we trivialize the things that are meant to give us life. So people asking me, should I not listen to worldly music? I'm not the one to judge on what music you should listen to or not listen to. But I know that every music gives you something. Every song you listen to gives you something. It drops a deposit in your soul. Hallelujah. Receive the power of incarnation. Receive the power that brings life. Many have eaten the bread on the earth and they are hungry. Many have made all the money and they are hungry again. <laughs> People never submit themselves 100% to God. You get to 80% and you drop back all the way to 10. You are running with God. Running with God. One day you stop yourself. Do you know the main problem is not that we don't have moments when we hear God. There's nobody here who has not had a moment when they were very close to God, when they're on fire. But guess what? We burn out. Say we burn out. Oh, say we burn out. We peter out. We don't keep, we don't stay consistent. After a while, we'll lose that zeal. We'll lose that momentum. But God wants you to not burn out. 
God wants you to be 100% submitted. Say 100%. If you're submitted that way, God can use your life for redemption. God can use your family for redemption. God can use your kids for redemption. And the only way is for you to know Him. Jesus came to His own, but they did not know Him. He came to His own family members, sat with them, ate with them, but their eyes could not see Him as the Son of God. Over familiarity finished them off. They could not honor Him as the Son of God. So, the main thing is not the big meetings. The main thing is not the high top meetings. The main thing is what you can do at home. Say what I can do at home. Yes. So preach to someone right now. Say I know your prayer closet is down currently. You don't have a strong prayer life. But I encourage you. Your prayer life is the place of incarnation. Is the place of birthing. Is the place of life. Say resurrect, resurrect. Resurrect, resurrect. Eat the heavenly bread. Say to them, eat the heavenly bread. Eat the heavenly bread. Drink the heavenly wine. Drink the bread that comes from the presence of the Lord. Drink of the blood of the Lamb. Drink of that which gives power. Drink of the atmosphere of God. Tell them, drink of the atmosphere of the Spirit of God. Drink of God. Let the fullness of God fill your world. Don't stop short. Tell them, don't stop short. Don't stop. Don't stop. Go further. Go further in. Drink. Drink of this life. And this life will become something on the inside of you. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.